Thank you for listening to the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed professional counselor here in Atlanta, Georgia, where I own a group practice specializing in maternal mental health. Here on the podcast, we talk a little bit about everything from pop culture to motherhood, womanhood, parenthood, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and listen to a quick chat with me. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I am so excited to welcome our next guest, Dr. Brooke David, who completed her doctorate in physical therapy at New York Medical College, and this is where she started her pelvic floor journey in specializing in physical therapy, as well as being a pelvic health specialist, and currently she is working at Southern Pelvic Health. Thank you so much, Brooke. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Keisha. Wow. I mean, that was an amazing uh, background of me. I feel like I don't have to introduce myself. <laughs> well, we have so much to get into, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself because I know that you went to school in New York. So where are you originally from? Yes. Good question. Um, so I am originally originally from Atlanta. Um, I grew up here. I left when I was 18. I lived in Israel for a year, actually. And then I know random um, <laughs> gap year. And then um, I went to college at University of Maryland. And then I went to PT school for New York Med. And that's exactly where I was um, excited about this pelvic health journey and kind of where everything started. Um, and then we moved back November, 2020 because of pandemic and everything like that. So we've been here since. Welcome. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back. <laughs> now. Okay. So you grew up in the South and Maryland is still considered the South. So what was that like going to school in New York? Oh my gosh, New York was, it was, I, you know, I literally never thought I would ever live in New York just because it was such a different lifestyle culture, um, but it was actually a great experience and I really um, learned so much from working there, working with different types of people there, um, and it was a wonderful opportunity and I'm so happy and grateful that I was able to do it. That's awesome. So did you always, like even in high school of picking undergrad, did you always know physical therapy was the route or was it something that you stumbled upon? I, it was kind of, you know, I've always really liked sports and movement and just, I never was good at sitting still. So I knew when I was like thinking, what was I going to do with my life? I couldn't have like a regular desk job. Um, so physical therapy was an option. And then in college, I went and did like an internship and I just like thought it was so fun and really exciting. And I appreciated the way you had to think in that kind of environment. And so I committed to it and went with it and um, I didn't look back. That's good. That's really awesome. Did you play, <laughs> did you play sports when you were younger? I was, I did gymnastics until high school and then I went to a private Jewish school. So I played all the sports and, um, had a great time, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though we didn't win so much, but we did good, you know? <laughs> okay. So the reason why I love your specialty so much is obviously with me working in, um, perinatal mental health, 
Um, I have a lot of clients where they struggle with intimacy after having a baby or um, it's causing issues within the relationship because of that. Um, they just feel like their body hasn't gotten quite back to what it used to be. But I will say it wasn't even until I got really into this profession where I learned about the pelvic floor, period. Like it wasn't something that I learned in health class or a sex ed, you know. Same, same, same. Which is like a shame because I feel like, you know, as women, there's so much that just we weren't taught and we had to figure out just even like your ovulation cycle or... Um, how to really have a baby in your pelvic floor and like the function, mm -hmm. all of the things in your hormones yes. can break it down in layman's <laughs> like, What is the pelvic floor and, and how does that connect with your profession? Yes. So Keisha, just so you know, I also, nobody, even in PT school, they didn't talk when I was in PT school, they weren't you know, talking about these pelvic floor muscles, I had to take extra coursework um, outside of school because this is such a specialty, which I think is so crazy because these muscles are so important. Um, so the pelvic floor is a group of muscles that sit at the bottom of us. So at the bottom of our pelvis, these muscles sit and hold and give us some good support so that our organs have support, so that we have support. Um, but more importantly, these muscles are responsible for bowel, bladder, and sexual function. So yes, definitely important when it comes to pregnancy, postpartum, making sure that everything that the body has gone through during pregnancy, you know, we can rehab, right? When people have ankle surgeries, they go for rehab. When people have an injury, you go to rehab. Mm -hmm. So pregnancy is a big deal on the body, no matter how the baby comes out. Um, so I just think these muscles are not talked about enough because they serve such an important purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I always like to say the pelvic floor is the first layer of your core, which mm -hmm. makes people make like that kind of helps give a little bit more insight into it and make it make more sense. Yeah, I, I think that you spoke that so perfectly. So with that being said, if if I was a pregnant woman, is this something that I should seek out assistance with after I have the baby or as I'm pregnant, as my pelvic floor is changing or, or what's like the recommendation? Oh, Keisha, you are so good. I love this. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I recommend any pregnant person go see a pelvic floor PT for at least one session assuming you're not having any dysfunction you're not having any pain. If you're having pain, if you're having incontinence or other issues that, you know, is somewhere in the bowel bladder sexual arena, you know, I hear doctors saying all the time, oh, wait, it'll get better. Oh, wait till after baby. And I'm like, why? You know, your body, it's a sign of your body changing. It's your sign of a, it's a sign of your body needing to um, evolve as it's changing as well. And so I tell pregnant patients, you know, with one to three sessions, you're able to learn um, what your body needs. Everybody's pelvic floor is different. So this is why I can't be like, Keisha, you should do 100 Kegels because I don't know what your pelvic floor is until I've assessed it. 
Um, and these muscles are different than like a bicep muscle because they're internal. So they require an internal assessment, um, which we'll talk more about. But um, I just think it's really helpful to go understand where your pelvic floor is. Is it weak? Is it tight? Do you know how to lengthen or bear down before going into birth? Um, so those are major things we highlight before birth. Um, we also talk birth positions and practice different stretches and exercises that highlight internal rotation so we can open that pelvis up. Um, we try to really work with the patient and their body and really help them understand what's the best for them and what they need, um, which you're just not going to get from classes and personal trainers because you have that pelvic floor component. Right. Which is so, uh, this is a random question, but why do you think that this isn't something that's kind of like taught to us as a package deal with maternity? Like, why is it like, you know, you have your OB or midwife, you have your doula, you have your therapist, you have your pelvic floor specialist, you have your lactation consultant. Why aren't this like, you know, kind of like programmed? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So ugh, I wish I had a good answer for this. Um, in France, every woman that gives birth goes to pelvic floor PT and it's covered for like, I think 10 sessions, don't quote me on that, but it's valued in other countries more so than here. Um, depending on your practitioner, your practice, um, they might recommend pelvic PT and they might not. Mm. Um, it's some places are ahead of the curve than others, but we still have a lot of work to do in this area in terms of just educating people, educating providers, um, educating everybody in this space, just so that if somebody's talking about something that doesn't sound right and they're not sure what to do, you have, you have the knowledge that a pelvic PT exists. I think a lot of times people don't realize that this um, occupation exists or that the specialty exists maybe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You mentioned pelvic floor dysfunction. How, what is one and two, how does someone know that they have that whether they are pregnant or not pregnant? Yeah. So good question. A lot of people, you know, don't know pelvic floor in general, like we've already talked about. So pelvic floor dysfunction is a lot of big words, um, in my opinion. So anytime, like these muscles are just like any other muscle in the body, right? So if my pelvic floor is like my upper trap and my upper trap likes to react to my stress and react to, you know, how I'm holding all my tension in my body, my pelvic floor can do the same thing. So sometimes pelvic floors or these muscle groups at the bottom of us, um, they can be weak like other muscles, but they can also be tight. So people don't realize that they may be holding a lot of stress or um, just tension, um, just like we might grip our jaw, just like we might grip our shoulders, pulling our bellies in. We also might grip that pelvic floor and people don't even realize, but I'll say like, like, what's your butthole doing? And everybody makes fun of me because I say butthole all the time, but this is my job. <laughs> so I mean it, you know, professionally, <laughs> but I like, you know, does it feel like it's being like squeezed tight and patients will be like, Oh, you know, I never really thought about that. I didn't know that that was abnormal. Mm. And so sometimes even just cueing people into that, they don't realize. So pelvic floor dysfunction could be anything from 
you know, weak muscles, tight muscles, overactive muscles. Um, and that can come in forms of pelvic pain, abdominal pain. Um, sometimes we can go as far as bladder dysfunction, like urgency, frequency, leakage, constipation, which is just like a whole umbrella term. Um, but our pelvic floor muscles are responsible for being able to open and allow for stool to come out. Mm. Um, some people start tightening their pelvic floor instead of lengthening and letting things come out. And so nothing can get out because it's all trapped in. Right. And is this something that would have, like you were born this way or you so sometimes this way, like out of habit or a, a trauma to the body have happened? Yes, 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 yes. So um, some people naturally just might hold tension there just naturally. Um, others might have had trauma like childbirth or um, any other types of trauma to the area, um, injuries, falling on tailbones, things like that. Um, a lot of patients I'll see, you know, that will come in for years past they've given birth, but nobody's ever like worked on that scar tissue that can happen in the perineum after birth. Um, nobody's been able to help, you know, with the right type of moisturizer that they might need for the vaginal canal, meaning you can go to the doctor and get the estrogen cream, but you know, just like our face needs moisturizers, our vaginal canal does too. And so sometimes just adding that helps so much. Um, so just like little things where again, you know, it's very specific and detailed to you. Um, you don't get when you go to the doctor um, and other places. Right. When, okay. So even like on a, a simple term, just thinking mm -hmm. things that we may have to put into our vagina, so mm -hmm. finds that a tampon is painful yep, or yep. finds like sex is painful. Is, yep. is that like an indication or is someone like, yes. oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so I, I would just say if anything is like, if, if there's any kind of discomfort, even with anything like a doctor's appointment, a tampon insertion, any type of penetration, whether it's a toy or a partner, um, finger or penis, none of that is normal. I mean, and like, it's like mental versus is my so, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, a big component is mental. And the reality is one, our, our brains are very smart, right? We are bred for survival. So once something has happened that has hurt us, our brains are going to remember that and do our best to protect ourselves because we don't want to be hurt again. Mm -hmm. So it starts the cycle of guarding, which again, that starts to tighten the pelvic floor, which can make the problem worse, right? And then mentally we process pain with what we know. So until we've had somebody kind of like connect, you know, what we're feeling with what's happening and kind of talk through um, ways to change that, ways to understand why it was painful, ways to understand why it won't be painful and giving exercises to help overcome that, um, it can be really empowering. And I find that really more exciting than helping people with their shoulders. No, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, because it's like you you really get to exist in your body again. Like you're not like just like functioning and, and grinning and bearing it, but you're like enjoying an, an experience. I find, you know, like, again, we've talked about this area is so unknown that 
giving people, you know, education and power in that is huge because people don't understand what's happening when they're having pain um, or why they're continuing to have it or why they're feeling nervous or anxious or why they're not wanting it anymore. Um, and then they look to other places or then, you know, God forbid partners are putting pressures on people and things like that. And it's just, you know, it can evolve into things that we don't want it to. Right. So in your recommendation, when should someone first seek out a pelvic floor specialist? Is it when there's pain? Is it in your early like adulthood, like in your 20s? Or is it, okay, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to conceive? You know, honestly, that is a very good question. I, you know, love the idea of people taking, you know, proactive actions and just going in and being like, what is, what is my pelvic floor doing? Like, what do I need for myself? Right. Because not everybody needs to do Kegels every day, every day. Um, some people need more of the down training and the breathing, you know, to help their body relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so honestly, everybody can benefit from it. But um, yes, pain is a good indicator. Dysfunction is a good indicator. So if anybody's struggling with, you know, bowel dysfunction, bladder dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, um, abdominal pain, pelvic pain, tailbone pain, pregnancy, postpartum, um, I always say at your six week checkup, ask for a PT script because the doctors are going to clear you, but they're not doing the same thing that the physical therapist is doing, right? So having the doctor clear is one thing, but going to the PT, even if you don't have any issues, no symptoms, um, you know, it's good to go see whatever, whichever way the baby came out, your pelvic floor still took the stress of your body changing for nine months. Um, and then depending on some people, some people think like, Oh, well, I didn't have a vaginal birth, so I should be fine. And honestly, the recovery for C-sections is harder because it's surgery. Um, you know, everybody's different. So everybody goes through their own situation and we all not everybody goes through something, but um, it's helpful to have a pelvic floor PT on your team so that whichever way the baby came out, the PT is going to help you with any scar tissue, whether it's a C-section scar or any type of tearing during birth. They're going to tell you what's going on with the muscles. Have the muscles gotten weaker after birth or now are they all tight and recoiled because they don't know what happened? So they're trying to protect themselves. Are they dry because we're not hydrating enough? We don't have the right moisturizers. Um, We also can assess organs. So we like to make sure, you know, if anything's lower than it should be, we like to assess all of the organs. Um, And that's not to scare anybody. We just know the bodies change. And when you have, you know, when you are pregnant postpartum, you have different hormones in your body. So things are a little bit looser. Um, So teaching people, you know, body mechanics are so important, how you're breathing, how you're moving impacts your recovery, Mm -hmm. right? You want to make sure that you're not putting a lot of pressure down through your stomach, whichever way baby came out, um, because that can worsen a diastasis, which we know that's a very hot topic word. Um, And another reason to get people in the door, because that's part of your core, right? Um, I've seen women with very nice abdominal walls after birth, but their pelvic floor is super weak because nobody's been like, these guys got to work too. Right. 
Okay, so as you were talking, it made me think of two huge myths um, that I wanted to see, like if you can um, debunk or say if they are accurate or not. Are yoni steams legit? Like, is this a, is this for real? Like, can it do anything? So honestly, Keisha, I don't know the research on yoni steams, but I have gotten these questions before. Um, you know. There's pros and cons, just like there is to everything. Um, you just want to be careful that whatever is they're using, you know, for steaming, right? I've seen different things. It's all natural, nothing like weird. Your, your vagina is self-cleaning. So it doesn't need, you know, lots of like all the products, like the Summer Eve products and things like that. We don't need that. Our vagina cleans itself. Mm -hmm. um, so I just say like, just be mindful with whatever they're putting in there. Um, it doesn't hurt if it's a nice like steam just to kind of give some moisture to the area, but just, you know, um, that is my, you know, opinion, but I really don't have no, any research backing on it. Gotcha. I, I just remember like when I was first introduced to Jeju bathhouse and I remember when I went, there was like this line to go into like having the Yoni steam. And I remember there was a, and I asked like, well, what is this service or what does it do? And this woman, she drove all the way from Macon, Georgia. And she said, oh, this is supposed to tighten your vagina. Um, and, you know, it, it, it having the tight vagina makes sex more pleasurable or it makes your partner feel more satisfied because you have a tighter vagina and I was like really so the steam tightens your vagina <laughs> I was gonna be like that is amazing again I would uh, love to see that research but <laughs> but no the steam does not tighten the vagina um they do have some devices out there um I'm trying to think what the names are but they're like I've I've seen them like dubbed um like the kegel throne where like it's a laser technology and you sit on this throne which is like a chair and it they advertise it as like zapping your pelvic floor and helping you do like thousands of kegels by like the second wow which is impossible <laughs> but they just advertise that you get a lot of kegels as you just sit there and so it helps to tighten it helps to take away leakage yada 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 that's what they advertise um but my disclaimer is again if you don't know why you're having leakage, right? If you don't know why you're having, you know, decreased sensation with sex, mm -hmm. you know, your pelvic floor is a component of that. So yes, strengthening the pelvic floor definitely will help boost up the muscles, which should help improve some sensation. Um, an orgasm is contractions of the pelvic floor muscles. So the healthier the muscles, the better the orgasm. But a lot of people, you know, they might have some tightness or some tension in their muscles and they go sit on this throne that zaps them for like 30 minutes. That's going to make everything worse. Their pain's going to get worse. And they're going to be like, well, now I have a package of 12 and I don't want to use any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. So that. I, I don't love them. Um, I will tell patients like if they have really thin tissue, something like a laser technology could be helpful for that, but that's the only time I can maybe wrap my head around um, a device like that. And that would also be, you know, they already have been cleared by a pelvic PT. They know that their pelvic floor is appropriate for that type of device as well. Right. 
The other myth that I had, which is not necessarily like a myth, maybe it's just something that's like a lack of education. So I know that the doctor often recommends don't do any strenuous exercise after giving birth and to wait six weeks. And a myth or a saying that I'd heard was that if you were to do something like get right back into CrossFit, like two weeks after postpartum or run a marathon, that your pelvic floor could drop or further drop. And how it was described to me was as if like, it was like your vagina is kind of like hanging out and you would have to like wear a garment or something to pick it back up. Is any of that true? I was going to say, that's a lot of things there, Keisha. So I'm going to do my best to get it all. Okay. If I miss it, if I miss something, let me know. But let's start with the prolapse first. Um, (laughs) Because I think prolapse is a very scary term and people don't even know what it means. Um, But basically a prolapse is when some organ is falling down. Um, With women, we can have our bladder, uterus, or rectum falling either into the vaginal canal or into the rectal canal. Um, And men can also have things that are getting pushed out into the rectal canal as well, but it's less common or we we hear about it less maybe. Um, But yes, with, um, so with pregnancy, a lot of people get nervous that like a vaginal birth, you might have some type of issue with, with this after, um, which everybody or anybody is vulnerable for some type of prolapse. If they are using their breath and their body incorrectly, which means you're just pushing or you're straining constant, like chronic pressure downwards onto the pelvic floor is putting pressure downwards onto those organs. And without the right support with the pelvic floor engaging and providing that, right, it's just constant pressure downwards and things just end up falling because, you know, we're, we're human. Um, so I think with CrossFit and just the bigger activity after you know, in immediately in a postpartum stage, yes, you might be more vulnerable to cause something like that if you are not using the pelvic floor muscles correctly. Um, so, you know, I think prolapses, they sound scarier, you know, because people, again, we don't educate about it. We don't talk about it. Um, I've had patients that, you know, they have something like this and all they know is to get surgery and that's it. The reality is with the prolapse, I always say start with conservative interventions like PT, like a pessary uh, before assuming the surgical route. And I think this is really important in that postpartum year, just because your body changes, right? Depending on breastfeeding, depending on your mental health, depending on your physical health. I never recommend having some type of surgery done in that immediate year, unless it's emergency, of course. But for a prolapse, if you go to PT, you're going to learn how to move better to protect it. You're going to learn how to engage your pelvic floor so that it's going to have some support. And then you can talk about a pessary, which is, I, I, one of my colleagues said the other day, it's like a sports bra for, you know, your organs where it's just something to help lift things up, um, which, you know, it's a funnier way to think about it like that, as opposed to a word like pessary can sound like, 
I don't know, that's for my grandmother, which it's totally not. It could just be used. Like I have women that use it just for when they go for a run. Mm-hmm. I have women that like put a, put the pessary in as like the day goes on because the symptoms will get worse as the day goes on. And so a pessary is just a device that you can insert into the vaginal canal to help support some of the organs that might be dropping. Um, depending on what organ is dropping, you know, you learn which pessary might be the best for you and what's going on with your muscles. Um, at Southern Public Health, we actually do um, eval and fit patients for pessaries, um, which is really cool because it's a new thing that PTs have just gotten the clearance for here. Um, whereas they've been doing it in, in Australia, New Zealand forever. That is so informative. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to stop me. I told you that we had a lot to go over there. was <laughs> Very, very educational. Um, okay. So last question, if I'm a listener listening to this and it is dawning on me that maybe I need to have my pelvic checked. What are some things that I need? Like, is this covered by insurance? What can I expect from like an initial appointment? Yes. So there are places that take insurance, but unfortunately the way that our system is designed, um, I find the best way to approach any, like this therapy, you need an hour with the session, with the patient at least. And unfortunately insurance in network insurance won't, doesn't like to provide that. Um, so we are out of network with insurances, which means we will provide super bills. And that's just my company. There are different places. I just um, I just tell patients if they go somewhere in network, make sure they're getting good care, make sure it's helping them. Don't go for 10 plus sessions with no change because you're just gonna pay the same amount of money, you know, going there with no results. And some places like that are just not designed to really, you know, work with the patient, investigate, delve into everything going on. Um, because I say like the first session is us getting to know each other, right? We have to know that like, you trust me, I'm going to be able to help you. We work well together. Um, I like to spend the, the first session so much education because like we've talked about, nobody knows things about this. So if you're coming in with bladder issues, we talk about what's normal for the bladder, bowel issues. We talk about what's normal, building a good bowel routine, helping to make sure your stool is good consistency. There's so much more than just, you know, let's get you on the table and figure out everything going on with just my hands. So, you know, in an out of network or a place where you get work with the patient one-on-one for an hour is really, I think, ideal at this point. Um, but that being said, everybody has to do what they can do. Um, I know some places will offer like financial hardship applications and work with patients um, to help them get the help they need. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never want money to be a deterrent. And if it's if it is, you you know, it's good to let the therapist know. And then the therapist is also usually really good about making it work for what they can do. Meaning, if we do things in two sessions over you know three months, we'll make it work. It sounds like it's such a valuable investment because you, like you mentioned, the intent is to see change and for this to be something that you don't have to keep paying for it indefinitely, but rather it's just like a checkup to see like what it, where you currently are at or either how do we remedy if there is any dysfunction. 
For sure. For sure. And like, honestly, the sooner you get in the door, the easier it is to treat. Um, but yes, like I can't tell you, Keisha, it's so funny. I have like, I have a patient who, you know, she will complain about coming to see me. She's been seeing me for constipation for a little bit, but you know, she's willing to pay for Botox to her pelvic floor muscles and Miralax. And if that's like what she needs to go to the bathroom, she is happy to pay for that when she comes to me and we've, she's made so much progress, but still every time she comes in, she's like, I really can't pay for this. And I'm like, I'm like, really? How do you pay for the Botox? (laughs) But like, again, I understand. And I'm like, you know, we will work with what you can do. And we've made a plan. So she comes in like once a month um, and she's doing better, but you know, I think it's about where priorities lie and uh, sometimes people forget that like, this is your body, you know, you want to know as much as you can about it. Um, and you know, it can be a little daunting to walk into the door, but you know, we work with you and meet you where you're at. So for an initial assessment, you know, once we've talked through everything, once we've educated, depending on the time, right. I always want to do an assessment of the full body person. I look at posture. I look at breathing. I look at your abdominal wall, Um, I am um, trained um, viscerally, which means I can assess organs as well. So we can look at the bladder, we can look at the uterus, um, we can look at small intestine, large intestine, and just see if we feel like restrictions or blockages and things like that. Um, We do all the regular things other PTs do, range of motion screening, muscle testing, depending on what's indicated. And then If the patient is okay with it, an internal exam of the pelvic floor muscles is really helpful to understand what's going on with them. Um, But we never make anybody do that if they're not comfortable. Um, There's ways to assess externally. You just sometimes don't get the full picture. Right. So for people who would like to schedule something with you, how can they find you? So I am currently treating patients in Midtown at Southern Pelvic Health. Um, I also am on Instagram at The Pelvic Florist, um, which is a a space that I like to have just to be able to connect with people depending on different needs. Um, It's nice because I've been able to keep in touch with patients from New York um, and patients here that I was treating in East Cobb because that's where we started and now I'm down in Midtown. So it's nice to have that platform to connect with people. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been incredibly informative. Thank you so much, Keisha. Thank you for giving me this platform. If you can't tell, I love to talk about this stuff. So I feel like you were awesome at my at asking me these questions and helping me uh, stay focused. <laughs> I feel the lavender haze creeping up for me.